Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of Around the Slice. Of course, as we do every Monday, we are here, or every day after the game, I should say. It just so happens that for the last handful of weeks, it's been Mondays. Um, but the day after games, we we give a recap on the Bills games, and I give my thoughts and break down everything and talk about a host and a multitude of different topics. So without further ado... Let's just get into it. So first, I will give you the score. I'm going to preface this by saying, very, very stressful game. It basically came down, well, not basically. It did come down to the very last play of the game. We'll get to that later. But, wow. I mean, the Giants looked horrible on paper. And they still, they only scored nine points. So the defense was elite. Um, But Bills beat the Giants 14-9. Weird score. Weird game. I mean, just all around weird, and we look lackluster for the lackluster for the first three quarters. But first, I will get to. So we had six inactives pregame. Safety Demar Hamlin. I've said it before. We don't need five safeties. Mike I, Joe Employer, Taylor Rapp, they're all going to be locks for active game day jerseys. And then Cam Lewis gets the head over DeMar Hanlon because Cam Lewis is a special teams ace and one of the gunners on this team, theoretically. And then he can play safety, slot corner, and outside corner if you need him to. Uh, cornerback Dane Jackson, this was because of injury. So our two starting corners were Christian Benford and Kyrie Elam, and, of course, Taron Johnson slot. And then linebacker A.J. Klein. I'm surprised they signed A.J. Klein to the active roster when they did earlier this week because they activated earlier this week. They opened Balen Spector, another second-year linebacker. Balen Spector's 21-day practice window, so three-week practice window to return, and they took him off IR yesterday. So I guess if he was this close, I don't get why they signed AJ Klein at practice uh, active roster. I'm assuming within the next few days they'll cut Klein as Spectre gets healthier and re-sign him to the practice squad, I'm assuming, because you don't need, what, six linebackers in the active roster with Terrell Bernard, Terrell Dotson, Jordan Williams, Tyler Medikiewicz, AJ Klein, and Balen Spectre. You only need five, and I would give Spectre the nod here. But they want Spectre here because – He's finally healthy, and he provides much more special teams acumen, if you will. He's developing into a nice special teamer. Him and Harold Dawson, a nice linebacker combo to have on special teams. Um, maybe if we don't resign Tyler Medikiewicz, because especially being as emphasized with the new rules this year, maybe if we don't resign Tyler Medikiewicz after this year, then Balen Spector can hopefully become the next Tyler Medikiewicz, a multi-year Fat special teams facet on this team, if you will. And then uh offensive lineman Jermaine Fetty and Alec Anderson. Those are just very much down the depth chart offensive lineman. And then tight end Dalton Kincaid. I said this in my preview last Thursday, what, four days ago now, that I don't guys, I don't think he'll play. Because he yes, he was limited all week and he practiced all three days in some capacity, limited Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But no player this season has come back and played the very next week or the same week even from a, being in concussion protocol. Because after the whole Tua debacle last year, you know what I'm talking about. Hopefully it, after the whole Tua debacle last year, the concussion protocol is much more strict and the rules are much more strict to get back. So, Which is good. Protect the players. But that means we didn't run nearly as many two tight end sets. It, rarely at all. Now, before we get into injuries in my stock report, I just want to, this isn't a rant, but I just want <clears throat> to, excuse me, get off, get, I just want to get this off my chest. The refs in this game 
were total garbage. Last week, the rest were garbage in London, and I'm sorry, but I got to be honest, total garbage in this game. It started when the Bills, the Giants kicked off, and the Bills received the ball, and the Giants players are all, you know, ganging up on Spencer Brown. There's like eight Giants players there, and Spencer Brown's trying to protect himself, and he barely shoved in one, and then they say there's a penalty on both teams. I don't know why Spencer Brown got a penalty. He was ganged up at eight. It was eight Giants versus one Bill. <laughs> and then the first drive of the game, we had to punt because on third down, Josh Allen threw a dart to Gabe Davis, but the the um he got past he got interfered with. It was clear pass interference. The ref said, "Oh, whatever, just let him play, no big deal." The broadcast said in the replay, Chris Collinsworth, of course, he sides with the refs. He said, "Well, they got free tangled up." Yeah, he got his feet tangled up because of the Giants defender. You could see in the replay clearly, clear as day, that the Giants defender <clears throat> pushed. Gabe Davis to the ground, and he tangled his feet for him. The Giants defender tangled Gabe's feet. And the second one, kind of ticky-tacky, could go either way. I still would have called it personally, but I guess not. And then this is the one that frustrated me most, though, in the second half in the third quarter. Huge fight broke out where Deion Dawkins is in the middle of it. And there were, Deion Dawkins is the only Bill involved, Buffalo Bills player involved, I should say. And he basically gets up. And then, you know, he's shoved. Kayvon Thibodeau, this was Sparta, kicks him. So the refs look at Kayvon Thibodeau and the uh, Giants defensive end pass rusher, flash pass rusher, to say. Kayvon Thibodeau's kicking, and, you know, he's on the ground trying to protect, protect himself by kicking Deion Dawkins, who's up to the ground. And the refs look at him and say, oh, it's okay. You kick, but, yeah, go running back. Go back out there. Didn't get ejected. Should have been ejected. And then <clears throat> Deion Dawkins goes over to the corner of the end zone. He thinks it's done, but then he gets basically shoved to the ground and um, he gets pile drive basically by a Giants defender. And then, like, three Giants defenders, like Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon Thibodeau, Lennon Williams, they're all like swarming Deion Dawkins. And he's getting like ganged up on at the corner of the end zone. <clears throat> and then this is the stupid part the refs, three personal foul penalties on the Giants, one on the Bills, and they off that. <laughs> I don't, I'm not good at math, but three versus one, which one should be enforced more? The three, right? I don't know how it's offset. If one team gets three penalties and then the other team gets one, oh, yeah, but it's offsets. No big deal. Everyone go back and offsets. It's total crap. I don't understand that whatsoever. The refs are just really bad in this game. And then injuries. And I'm going to start with a big one. Don't freak out like I did. Josh Allen was. Josh Allen was checked for a head injury sometime in the second quarter, but he did come in after missing just two plays. Kyle Allen just came in, came in and handed off a few times to Latavius Murray and James Cook. I can't remember which one. Whatever. He handed it off two times. My, my heart stopped when he went out. First, he said after game he went out because he injured his throwing shoulder. Imaging and pictures showed nothing. But then he had to stay out for a second play because apparently the spotter above um, noticed something pulled him the game to get evaluated for concussion and head injury, like I just said. He was fine, but my heart stopped for a minute there. I mean, I can't handle losing Josh Allen for any amount of time, let alone for the season. So, uh, Next, Spencer Brown suffered a knee injury. I don't think he returned to the game. If he did, he was very limited, but I don't. from what I saw, I don't think he returned to the game. He suffered an injury, knee injury in that stupid skirmish with the 
whole offsetting penalties are gigantic crap. But when when Kayvon Thibodeau was kicking, and you know, it's probably when he injured it. Um, next, Cam Lewis suffered a stinger in his neck, I guess, stiff neck, whatever that means. He didn't return to the game. Again, this is pretty significant because if he can't go next week or for any amount of time, Demar Hamlin's up. Um, any safety that gets injured, then Demar is his time. Demar's a pretty good special teamer, but I just said Cam Lewis can play slot corner, outside corner, safety, free or strong. Elite special teamer, elite gunner, gunner, and ace special teamer for years on this team. That's how he makes his bones if you're on this team. And then lastly, um, kind of. Um, Damien Harris, kind of touchy subject, but Damien Harris suffered a knee injury or neck injury, didn't return the game. And I don't want to downplay it. It wasn't any usual neck injury. He was taken to a local Buffalo hospital by an ambulance and stretcher for further testing. He has feeling his arms and legs, but he wasn't moving for a solid three to five minutes on the ground. Thank God he gave a thumbs up because, I mean, we know what we went through last year with the whole DeMar thing. And speaking of that, DeMar Hamlin was just broken up. You could see him visibly upset. He was about to cry, it looked like. I mean, he's been through that, obviously. Damon Harris wasn't near the severity of DeMar Hamlin, but still, he's been through stuff like that. So I, I understand why he was broken up about it. But, I mean, I just hope he's okay. It looks like he is, thankfully. Uh, next to my stock report. So, you know, we're going to do first, we're going to do stack up guys that really stood out and guys that really helped themselves. First, I shouldn't have to mention this, but I do because Stefan Diggs, 10 catches for 100 yards. That's 105 by 10, 10 yards per catch. Um, he would have had 130, 35 yards if Josh Allen hit him on that one like post route in the second third quarter, I believe it was. Either way, he was wide open. He split the two defenders, and Josh just didn't see him. He overthrew him by, like, five yards by a mile. So, yeah. But Stefan Diggs, I mean, every week, he's had at least 100 yards. So, week one, he had 100 yards, and then week two, he didn't. But week three, four, five, six. In five out of six games this year, he's had at least 100, 100 yards. And in four of those six games, I believe he's had at least a one touchdown. One of those, actually, commanders was three. Uh, but yeah, Diggs, I mean, it's just chalk, chalk, Diggs have 100 yards at this point. And the next, what is here, Deontay already one catch, three yards, that's whatever, but his one catch for three yards was a touchdown. I just wish they would use his speed down the field more. Um, because <clears throat> he clearly has a lot of speed and returns and everything else. Next, Titan, I don't know, I was saying this name, but Titan Quentin Morris, one catch, 15 yards, one touchdown, and it was a beautiful, beautiful throw. Look at the slow-mo. Look at the angles. I mean, Josh on um, pins and needles, he threw an absolute needle in there. I mean, it was amazing. He was on the move, got out of the pocket, got away from the rushers and defenders, and boom, hit Quentin Morris. And Quentin Morris wasn't, like, wide open either. He fit it in a tight window. So good on Quentin Morris to get open, and good on Josh Allen to fit it in a very tight window. Thread the needle there, if you will. And Quentin Morris stepped into a role without Dalton Kincaid. They rarely went two tight end sets, but another kind of ripple effect, if you will, of Kincaid being out was they went a ton of jumbo tight end with David Edwards. If you don't know what that means, it's basically an extra eligible offensive lineman. They check in as eligible. Bobby Hart used to do this for Bills. Tommy Doyle used to do this for the Bills. Um, now it's David Edwards, and it's worked pretty well. It throws teams off as an extra if you're going jumbo package there. So, but. Uh, Quentin Morris got a lot more snaps. Well, I don't know about a lot, but he got more snaps, bottom line, for Dalton Kincaid because he was out. Next, 
obviously we don't have stats on offensive linemen, but guard Osiris Torrance. I thought the rest of the offensive line was just fine. A few of them were eh. A couple of them really stood out. But the one that really stood out was rookie guard Osiris Torrance. He handled Dexter Lawrence. Other than the fight, I didn't hear his name mentioned at all. He blew up nothing. And I feel like Dexter Lawrence is having a bit of a disappointing season in run fits, run support, and pass rush. Um, But Osiris, it's still Dexter Lawrence. still a top 10 Defensive tackle in the league. So, Osiris Torrance handled him. I mean, he's been great other than last week against the Jaguars. The moment hasn't seemed too big for this rookie. I mean, the defense, I mean, he's gone off of that. He handled with the commanders, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. He handled the Dolphins, Christian Wilkins. He handled with the Giants last night, Dexter Lawrence. I mean, this rookie, this is like a five to 10 year starter, hopefully, down the line for preferably 10 down the line. For your guard spot. And the good thing is our, for the next three years, so this year plus two more years, is Connor McGovern, three-year contract, O'Hara's Torrance, four-year. So for the next three to four years, we have our guard tandem set. And Ryan Bates is also locked up as a key reserve. So we have our guard tandem set with left guard Connor McGovern and right guard O'Hara's Torrance. And O'Hara's Torrance was described coming in as a road grader to the draft. I believe it and I see it. I mean, He's working those defensive tackles really well. Uh, and then let's slip over to the defensive stack up who really helped their case. Linebacker Terrell Bernard, 12 tackles and three tackles for loss. I feel like he had to carry. Now you have two really young linebackers starting, and we'll get to the other one in a second. But um, he had to carry the load, if you will, with Matt Milano out. With whoever was opposite of him. Matt Milano out, and he played his butt off. Even when Terrell Bernard doesn't get a sack or doesn't have that splashy play, you can see he's juiced. He runs over the field. Now, yes, he has a lot of size limitations at only six foot, like 225. And going from Tremaine Edmonds, who was 6'5 to 40, not even comparable. That's like a five inch difference in height and like a 20 pound difference in weight. So, yeah, but you can't compare that. But I'm just saying, Terrell Bernard has been, I have been. Highly, highly pleasantly surprised by this. And then his running mate next to him was Dorian Williams. Ten tackles and one QB hit. And he didn't force a fumble on Tyrod, but Tyrod, actually no one forced a fumble on Tyrod in the third quarter. Or was it fourth? Second half. And, but he was backing up, backing up. And I think he felt Dorian Williams coming. Um, This wasn't the QB at The QB it was separate. I think he saw Dorian Williams coming and Tyrod kind of panicked. He fell right back on the fumble, but he just dropped it. Like, no one hit him and t- or touched him, I should say. Um, but he just dropped it. So, Jordan Williams, good thing to affect that. But he was great for Milano. I- I'll get to, like, the dynamics of Milano later on in my final thoughts slash questions segment, as you do every time, uh, every day after game, I should say, in these recap episodes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Jordan Williams, really, to a rookie starting at weak side linebacker, slash outside linebacker, and then a second-year player, basically a rookie because he barely played last year, and Terrell Bernard starting at middle linebacker. I've been pleasantly surprised by both, especially highly pleasantly surprised by Terrell Bernard. Um, Next, defensive lineman. Defense and Leonard Floyd. He had one sack, two QB hits, and two tackles. Listen, flow, if you will, as they call him, but uh, Leonard Floyd has six and a half sacks on the season already. Um, and let's just get to another one. AJ Penaza, one sack, three tackles. 
he might be pressing himself out of Buffalo, guys. Like I've been saying this whole time, I've come around to if AJ Banana probably right now is like a five to eight million dollar a year player. The most, if he pushes for nine, fine. The most I'll go up for him is nine million a year. If he wants 10, 11, 12 million a year, sorry, but you're not going to get it. We'll just resign Larry Flo and Shaq Lawson at that point. Speaking of Shaq Lawson, um, he was another huge winner for me, stuck up. He only had one tackle for loss, but he he had a couple more QB pressures, and he shot out of a cannon for that tackle for loss. And then defense Greg Rousseau, four tackles, two tackles for loss, and one, one QB hit. Um, this defense line is eating, and I know they keep ramping up Von Miller, which I'll talk about later. That's a good thing, in my opinion. We'll touch on more of that later. But, um, yeah, most of this defensive line, so there's only three defensive linemen that are locked up for past the season, so everyone else is free agents. So Von Miller, Greg Rousseau, and Oliver locked up. Everyone else is free agents this offseason in Leonard Floyd, A.J. Benazza, Jordan Phillips, Puna Ford, Shaq Lawson, Tim Settle, so everybody. And at, at, at Oliver, like I just said, is the only defensive tackle under contract. So maybe you draft one to play behind Phillips and whatever. But, um, yeah, I, this whole defensive line has been awesome. This is, what being, this is probably the best, deepest and best defense line under McDermott. And then a couple of secondary players, Taron Johnson, big stack up for me, 15 tackles and one pass deflection. Uh, that one key pass deflection was at the end of the game. And the tackles, I mean, he was like on Madden hit stick mode the whole game. He came up and hit. I'm surprised he didn't force a couple fumbles. Um, That's how hard he hit. But the pass deflection, people are going to say, most people are going to say, well, that's a hold, horrible no call by the refs when he uh knocked it out of Darren Waller. Sean McDermott and the coaching staff, they'll never admit this, obviously, but Sean McDermott and the coaching staff were probably telling their guys, hold, do whatever it takes. I mean, it was an untimed down. It was on the one-yard line. What, what's the worst that can happen? You it, you do draw a flag by accident, and then they move it from the yard line to the half-yard line or a few inches closer. Like, who cares? Do whatever you need. It was an untimed down. What's the worst that can happen? And then cornerback Christian Benford. Uh, three tackles, one tackle for loss, one pass deflection. I mean, Christian Bedford is a gem in the rough found in the uh, sixth round out of Villanova last year. So, yeah. Uh, Max, these are guys that didn't help themselves or hurt themselves. They were just kind of ordinary. They were what they were. Uh, first, I have Josh Allen. I hate to say this. I want him to always be in stack up, but I'll get to stats, then I'll expand more. 19 of 30, that's about 63% completion percentage, 169 passing yards, two touchdowns, one interception added, 11 rushing yards on the ground, whatever. Um, that one interception, I'm trying to remember back to it. How come I can't remember that interception? Oh, yeah, I do. He was targeting uh, number 88. He was targeting Dawson Knox. Sorry, I was just trying to think of the interception. I don't know why. He was targeting Dawson number 88. He's targeting tight end Dawson Knox, and it was an easy wide-open catch. He hit Dawson Knox way too – or tried to hit Dawson Knox, I should say, way too late, and he didn't put enough air under it. It was underthrown and too much zip, and it was thrown late, so he had to throw it much earlier. Totally on him. But uh, the first three quarters, like fourth quarter, he clutched up. He led two game-winning touchdown drives. Well, it can't be two game-winning drives. Two touchdown drives late, one basically game-winning. Um, 
But the first three quarters, that doesn't excuse. He was pretty terrible. In the first half, he only had like a 44% completion percentage. I mean, <laughs> he's leading the league in completion percentage. After this week, probably finished 63%. That's below it. league average, too, I think. Uh, I believe, I should say. But, yeah, Josh Allen, I feel like there's a couple avenues where he should have used his legs more. Uh, next, next, James Cook and Latavius Murray, the running backs, James Cook had 14 carries for 71 yards. It's interesting how they divvied up this work and these touches and these carries per, uh, per se, uh, I should say, but I'll talk touch on that later and expand more. But James Cook, 14 carries for 71 yards. Latavius Murray, 12 carries for 45 yards. I still want them to unlock Cook's receiving ability out of the backfield. Um, and Latavius Murray was fine. And then defensive tackle at Oliver. I was looking at the box score, and he didn't record a single anything. They don't show QB pressure, so of course he had a couple of QB pressures, but they didn't record a single anything on the box score officially. No tackle, no tackle for loss, no QB, at nothing. Uh, nothing. So maybe in my rewatch I'll see it. I think I'm going to start rewatching the games, especially for Ed Oliver. But yeah, like he, he did have a couple of nice QB pressures, but then – he had a couple of flags, too. Like, last week, he had an unnecessary roughness call against the Jaguars. I didn't agree with that, but he still had it. And then this week, what, what are you thinking? 19, it's your fifth year in the league, so this is inexcusable. So after a play, it was third and long, you know, third and long. and Or it was second and whatever, and the pass is incomplete. So it was like third and 15 after that, third and long. And... And Albert bails him out by headbutting a Giants offensive lineman. I don't know if he was mad. I don't know what the situation was. Damwell wasn't trying to be funny because it wasn't funny. Oh, and another funny thing. Stephon Diggs wanted to get out of his break really quick on the one play. I mean, he ran 20 yards on the field before he realized it was a false start. Back to Ed Oliver. You're headbutting a Giants offensive lineman. What are you thinking? Gives him a free first down. I think I believe they only got a field goal out of it, but oh my god, dude! When we're going against the Chiefs, Eagles, Cowboys, Chargers, which we do all play this season, much better teams than the Giants. You gotta stop being boneheaded. I mean, it's just annoying. <laughs> and then stack down wide receiver Gabe Davis, three catches for twenty million yards and a fumble. Now I. I I'm going to split in Gabe Davis because this is his first time since week one. So weeks two, three, four, and five, he had a touchdown. He was a red zone monster, but they only targeted him like four times, and he had three catches. He had a wide-open drop, too, which the drops are back for Gabe, unfortunately. Um, He's a free agent, too. I would go hmm. – if Gabe wants more than $13 million a year, I'm not going to do it. Like In my opinion, right now, he's an 11 to $13 million a year player. If he wants more than 13, if he wants like 16, 18, or 20, like Mike Williams from the Chargers a couple years ago. Sorry, Gabe, but we'll just draft on the receiver at that point. Um, I don't know if they lost Ken Dorsey slash and or Josh Allen. Lost trust in him after the fumble. I mean, Gabe Davis, this is how he fumbled it. So, again, three catches for 21 yards and a fumble. But this is how he ended up fumbling because he caught it and he was trying to fight for extra yards. I love you, Gabe, but that's not your game. You're not a run-after-catch guy. Not even close. You're a catch and go down in a red zone monster. Don't try to get extra yards. You already had the first down. You don't need a few more after that. But he fumbled it. And then tight end Dawson Knox, three catches for 17 yards. He had a couple. 
Now, wide open um, drops, I should say. Uh, yeah, no, I should say. He did. He did have a couple wide open drops. The interception wasn't his fault. Josh Allen put too much zip. He put need to put more air under it, and he needed to throw it away earlier to Nice, who he was targeting, of course. But, yes, I know on that third down when it basically iced the game. Um, I'll talk about that situation later. But on the third down, we're literally would have iced the game. You could kneel it out. Josh Allen threw it. He kind of skipped it. It was a tad, it was pretty low, but I mean, Josh Knox had both hands on it. You're an NFL tight end. You got to bring that in. And then he had another drop. So Gabe Davis and Josh Knox had a few drops combined. And I just didn't like when they were targeted that they couldn't get it done. And then kicker Tyler Bass, he was two to two and extra points. So that's good. But he he's oh he was oh of two on field goals today. We would have not we would have won twenty to nine and not even be in that highly stressful situation. Yes, it still would have been a close. Uh, actually, no, eleven points. It still would have been a stressful evening. But uh, yeah, you got to make those two field goals, leaving six points on the board. I mean, Tyler Bath is one of the best kickers in the league. His leg is like equivalent to Josh Allen's arm. He can boom it. But. I don't know what it was. There was no wind. There was no rain basically all night. Yes, he did miss a 52-yarder and 54-yarder, but he bombed 60-yarders if he has to. So that's just disappointing. And then the last two-year kind of situation, Um, I should say this next one here isn't a player, but offensive coordinator Kent Dorsey. Or no. I'll talk about Kent Dorsey in a minute. First, I'll talk about cornerback Kyer Elam. He only had three tackles on the night. And he drew a flag for pass interference, but the other times he was just leaving receivers wide open. His best ability, I've been told, and I know, is his ability to jam receivers off the line, jam receivers off the release, and get in their face and play man-to-man like he did at Florida. Okay, then do that. He's playing back, okay? He's playing back. Get in their face. If that's your best attribute and ability, show us. I, I just don't know with Kyer. My whole thing is why did, if the Bills knew they so he came from a man-to-man system and scheme defensive scheme at, at Florida, and then he transitions to a zone scheme with the Bills. Well, you can't just change a guy. So if you knew he wasn't going to fit your scheme, why did you draft him in the first round? Traded two picks for him, and technically you picked him a pick before Dalton King eight different years, but points still remains. Uh, next, offense coordinator Ken Dorsey. I was just out of order there. Offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey. What are we doing? I know my range got shown, but in the first three quarters, he was way too conservative. One-yard pass, two-yard pass, five-yard pass, seven-yard pass, and they were all the digs. I'll touch on involvement with the other weapons in a minute, but, like, what? I, I don't get it. And then quit it. You need to stop Ken Dorsey. Stop with the second and long shotgun runs or second and goal shotgun runs, I should say. Either, actually. First of all, when you're on the two-yard line, just do the little stupid tush-push that the Eagles do. And if you don't get it, come back. You have two more tries after that. Three if you go from fourth, which they probably would have in that situation. Twice the game. But you're on second and goal from the two-yard line, and you're lining up in shotgun Empty backfield shotguns where the quarterback is way far back. I want to see Josh Allen line up. Ken Dorsey have Josh Allen line up under center way more than he rarely is. That's when he's like bought up to Mitch Morris, right? You know, 
Mentors here, he's right there. As opposed to mentors here, he's way back here. Josh Allen's lethal, deadly, elite, whatever high-level attitude you want to use under center and under play action. Use both those attributes way more than you are. And then if you do line up a shotgun, throw it. Like, don't waste it. What is with second and 15, second and long, and line up a shotgun, shotgun runs? Absolutely nothing. That does absolutely nothing. Oh, you gain a yard, two. In most cases, you lose yards. I mean, that's just not good scheme. That's just, I feel like Ken Dorsey has trouble evolving. And I feel like the fourth quarter drives are more Josh Allen than Ken Dorsey. He's so stuck on his game plan. I feel like he has trouble adjusting, and it's a real struggle. Uh, next, penalties. Now, a few of these penalties, like the stupid Dan Dawkins one, the Spencer Brown in the beginning, were unacceptable. And, and the refs, not on us. You can live with that. But Ed Oliver, headbutting and giants off on the diamond, you know, headbutting, what, what are you doing? And then Kyrie Elam, you're supposed to be this great man corner, press corner. And what are you doing? You get a pass interference call. And Osiris Torrens had a couple of false starts and a, a false start and a holding, actually, I believe. He still played a great game. Didn't really affect much, but they just stalled. The, and another thing, I didn't really have this on my stock down, but I guess I'll mention it. The slow, two things. The slow starts in these games. Once you play these high-powered offenses, we don't have time for this freaking slow starts in the first half. And even went first three quarters, you could say. Actually, Nah, you could say it did. So, I mean, what are these slow starts? In the first half, it was 6 nothing. We have so much trouble getting off to a hot start <clears throat> these last couple of weeks against the Jaguars, and now I would say the Giants. I mean, you got to go off to a better start. And then early down production, so first and second down production. And like I said, second long shotgun run, but first down incomplete or complete pre- Two-yard pass or three-yard pass to Stefan Diggs most of the night. I, I don't get it. The, the hot, slow starts in the first and second down production, we're always in third and long. We're always in third and eight, third and 11, third and 13, third and 10. We're always in third and long situations. The uh, first down production is just not there. Uh, lastly, for stock down, um, lack of involvement for weapons other than Stefan Diggs. I alluded to this a couple times, and now to why I unleash the take, if you will. Um, I love Stefan Diggs, so don't misinterpret this. I love Stefan Diggs. He's the best thing that could have happened for Josh Allen's development. But Josh Allen attempted 16 passes in the first half. 11 of those targets were to Stefan Diggs. And the one time he targeted Dawson Knox, there was an interception. And I don't know he if... Kendor, if Josh Allen lost confidence in Gabe Davis because the fumble, but he was barely used. I love Stefan Diggs, though, but come on. You have speed in Deontay and Trent Sherfield. You have a guy that can play slot and outside in Khalid Shakir. He only has a catch. Dawson Knox, only three catches. Gabe Davis, only three catches. I mean, this is this offense is too much Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. It's obviously not affecting because they're top five in like every metric. Total points. Total points in the season, average points per game, uh, total yards in the season, total uh, average yards per game. It's obviously not clearly not affecting them, but once Colton, Colton, oh my God, once Dalton Kincaid comes back, especially he's going to be in the mix as well. And uh, people want Jerry Judy, that's great, but I'm already complaining about the usage of other weapons, so I don't want Jerry Judy. We can't even get weapons going other than Stefan Diggs, let alone anyone else entering the mix. So I love Diggs. I just spread the wealth. Spread the love, if you will. 
Uh, next, we're going to define awards. <clears throat> so my big slice of the game awards. So a player that really stood out to me, a player that really showed out. And I don't want to give, unless I have to, I don't want to give it to Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. But Josh Allen was in mix, so he wouldn't even deserve it this game. But Stefan Diggs is Stefan Diggs. It's basically chalk at this point that he'll get 100 yards every game. But I'm big slice of the game award for me goes to guard Osiris Torres. He manhandled, basically, other than a holding call and a false start call on the same drive. I believe it was two plays in a row, actually. He handled, handsomely handled. Um, am I saying that right? He favorably handled Dexter Lawrence. I mean, he was a no-show, basically. So, I mean, he awesome. And then next, my next award. So, hmm, my analogy, I always define it as this. Say you go to this nice pizza shop every, let's say, Friday night with your friends or family or both. And you're expecting such high quality. It's always so good. And this one front end, this one week, all of a sudden it comes back burnt and you're wondering why. And it was a disappointing slice of pizza or slices of pizza. So, hence, my burnt slice of the game more goes to cornerback Kyer Elam. Unfortunately, it went to him last week as well. I just don't understand, like, the philosophy of even drafting him. But then when he gets on the field, he just looks lost most of the time. So, uh, yeah. Next, getting towards the end here. Next, we I want to reflect on my five game predictions from the preview. So last Thursday, three, so four days ago. So first, I predicted Stefan Diggs has three touchdowns. That didn't happen. He didn't even have one, which is rare. Next, Dawson Knox has at least 50 receiving yards and a touchdown. Didn't happen. He only had three catches for 17 yards and not even close to a touchdown. Um, they need to involve him way more. Third, Ed Oliver has a sack and multiple QB hits slash tackles for loss. <laughs> Not even close. Didn't happen. Um, he had a couple QB pressures, but that doesn't show up in the stat sheet and box score. Uh, and then second to last, the Bills defense has double-digit sacks on the day. Didn't happen. I think they only had two or three on the day. So, yeah. And then lastly, Bills won the game 42-10. Didn't happen. Well, the Bills won the game, but Nowhere near the score I predicted. So I'm going to give myself half a point for that, but <laughs> 0.5 out of 5. So let's see. What's that hit rate? And I'm, guys, I'm terrible on these predictions this year, but 0 0.5, 0 0.5 divided by 5. Well, oh, that's lovely. 10%. 10% hit rate on my predictions from the previous week. Oh, no, wait. 0.5 divided by 5 times 100. Yeah, okay. 10%. And terrible, terrible. At the end of the season, when I recap all these, it's going to be like 10 to 15 percent. Um, but whatever. Next, final thoughts, those questions. I got quite a few here on certain position groups, certain situations, coaches, whatever. Um, James Cook and Latavius Murray getting nearly the same amount of carries was surprising and something that I was not expecting. So, James Cook was announced as the starter, you know, where they say their name, James Cook from Georgia. And quiet guy, but James Cook from Georgia, where they say in NBC with Chris Collinsworth and Mike Tirico there. Um, but Latavius, he was announced as a starter, but Latavius Murray got a bulk of the carries in the first half, and I wasn't really understanding why. But Cook 14 carries, Murray 12 carries. Um, I guess Murray will have to be even more now. With thankfully, Damon Harris is okay, but probably will go on IR, unfortunately. But um. Yeah, it's surprising that they that Cook only got two more carries than Murray, and they were using Murray mostly in the first half. Uh, next thought, if you will, 
Offensive weapon other than Stefan Diggs need to be more involved. I kind of already explained that, but I feel like this offense is more balanced with run and pass. And when you do pass, it needs to be more spread around to guys other than uh, Stefan Diggs. Next thought, the Bills continue. Now, obviously, the Bills are continuing to be pretty cautious with defensive and Von Miller, which is good. We need him for the stretch on weeks like 12 onward, including the playoffs. We don't need him right now because we have Greg Rousseau, and Tampa Nelson, Leonard Floyd, Kingsley Johnson's a nice young developmental piece. Shaq Lawson, nice steady veteran presence. And Von Miller's tied to this franchise for four more years. I don't know. I mean, I doubt he plays out that contract. Maybe your ties for them, but contractually four more years. So we got to keep him fresh at 34 years old. Uh, next thought, no one, this is a knock. It's just something I noticed. No one really emerged at second starting defensive tackle spot next to Ed Oliver in place of Daquan Jones. Uh, so Jordan Phillips, Tim Settle, and Puna Ford. No one, this is Puna Ford's first game not being a healthy scratch. So first game actually being active since week one. Because weeks two, three, four, and five, he was inactive. But Jordan Phillips, Tim Settle, I've been highly disappointed then, especially Tim Settle. He's done nothing for this franchise. And don't say health because he only missed one game in two years with this franchise, which was last year, obviously. Um, but he's done nothing. So someone's got to emerge next to Ed Oliver when we play these tough running backs. And by the way, the run defense was a little bit leaky now. There's a lot of context that goes into it here. They let him have those short yards late in the game, but it was a little leaky. I think Saquon had like 90. 24 carries for 93 yards. He clearly was on no pitch count after he missed three weeks with a high ankle sprain. Uh, but, yeah. And then you're never going to replace a player like Matt Milano, but it went pretty well for the first time without him. All things considered. Keywords, all all things considered. You're never going to replace Matt Milano, but Dorian Mills played pretty well. Personally, I wouldn't take him off the field with Tyrell Dotson. Milano, uh, Milano. Dorian Williams, I already missed already. Dorian Williams provides much more upside. He provides much more athleticism. He doesn't provide like downhill ability, but he showed that he can get after the quarterback. He had a QB hit today, as I mentioned earlier. Um, lastly, this is kind of like an observation philosophical thing. The Bills seem to be changing their philosophy on younger guys. So in the past, McDermott has gotten, and Bean, but mainly McDermott because he's out there coaching up the guys. McDermott has gotten some flack, if you will. In, including myself, that he doesn't play younger guys. It took a while for AJ Epinesa to get some playing time and get going. Boogie Basham is not on his team anymore. I don't think he even played for the Giants last night. He wasn't a healthy scratch and active, but he just didn't. Uh, Boogie Basham, AJ Epinesa, Greg is still played right away, but I think they're now on younger guys. Um, they're, they're, they're having huge impacts, these younger guys. So you got rookies in Dalton Kincaid, Osiris Torrance, and Doran Williams who are starting now. And you have guys, James Cook, Terrell Bernard, and Christian Benford, who are also starting. You're getting hundred. Yeah, everyone thinks this team has a veteran group. Gabe Davis, veteran, Dawson Knox, Stefan Diggs, and mainly Josh Allen, year six. Crazy to say, but younger guys are contributing in rookies in those second-year players, like I just mentioned. Next, AFC East check-in. How did the AFC East fare this week? Wild games this weekend, by the way. There was a lot of subpar QB play this Sunday, yesterday, I should say. Uh, AFC check-in, so Bills versus Giants. I'd say Bills win 14-9. Not ideal. Very much a definition of a win is a win. Ugly win, but we'll take it. Even Josh Allen said that. Dolphins versus Panthers. Dolphins win 42-21. The Panthers are just playing around. The first five minutes of the game, they scored two really quick touchdowns. It was 14-0. And after that, Raheem Mostert, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddle torched the 
Panthers. Most had three, so Dolphins win 42-21. Next, the Dolphins went on a 42-7 run. So, next, Patriots at Raiders. Raiders win 21-17. I have a feeling Matt Jones is going to be benched for really Zappy next week. I mean, it's brutal. And then Jets versus Eagles. Jets won 20-14. Hurts was rushing things. Very rare to see Hurts. Hurts threw three interceptions. The Jets defense is legit. Even without their top two corners in Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed, both out due to concussions, which is surprising. But even more surprising, they still balled out and they played elite defense. So, um, but it just, I don't know what that was. <clears throat> it just goes to show you in the NFL that a win is a win and it can be ugly sometimes. I mean, the Browns just beat the 49ers, who were 5 and 0, and the Browns were. <clears throat> Two and three, but the Browns just beat the 49ers with PJ Walker. Our practice squad could be third string last week behind Dorian Thompson Robinson, but PJ Walker just beat the 49ers and the Jets just beat the Eagles. Uh, but Jets beat Eagles 20 to 14. Here are the AFC standings after week five. Dolphins are in first at five and one. Bills are in second, right behind them at four and two. Jets a little step down, three and three, and Patriots. Way step down and fourth, one and five. Patriots are nothing. Jets are kind of sneaky, but this is going to come down to this division. I'm expecting to come down to week 18. Whoever wins builds and Dolphins. I mean, that's going to be an electric, electric game in Miami. But hopefully we can handle it. Anyways, guys, this has been a recap of Bill's Giants. Like I said, it's the very definition of a win is a win, ugly win, like Josh Halen and McDermott said, but we'll take it. Uh, what's next for this podcast? So today is... Monday, October 16th. So I will see you guys in three days. Oh, yeah. Three days, Thursday, October 19th for the Bills Patriots preview. Expecting that to be close, but we'll still go in depth with the preview. Um, few plugs. You can follow me on Twitter at AWeingartner13. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Around Slice for any updates, scheduling issues, scheduling updates, I should say. And then if you want to be so kind, you can follow the uh, follow you can contribute to my patreon for just three dollars a month you get extra exclusive content for example at power rankings every tuesday so tomorrow um i'll do power rankings one through 32 looking at a whole view scale of the league so it's patreon.com slash around the slice put that in the description youtube audio and speaking of that you can listen to this podcast on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts have a good rest of your day and week, and I'll talk to you guys Thursday with the Bills Patriots preview. This has been the Bills Giants recap. Bye.